All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about tile placement games. Let's talk about Mad King Ludwig and just that style of play where you're you're taking these tiles and you're placing them out on your board or in your tableau and you're putting them together in a certain, you know, design or area or in a certain way that you gain points. Tell me about those games. First of all, where did the idea for for castles come from? How did you have this this idea? So, uh, you know, one of the things that I've always loved doing, uh, you know, I, I mentioned before, I play D&D and being a, a dungeon master and actually, you know, making my own maps, dungeon maps, you know, there's there are times I'd sit in classes in high school and with graph paper, uh, you know, and of course I would get graph paper notebooks because not because I was, you know, especially studious and I wanted to be organized, but because I could use the left side of my notebook for drawing my dungeons yeah. and the right side for actually taking notes. Uh, and I took less and less notes over time because I was drawing more and more dungeons. Whoops. Um, <laughs> but that's always a lot of fun. It's fun to see how things uh, fit together and how those different rooms kind of interact with each other and, you know, secret rooms off of the throne room and other things like that. And that was always a lot of fun. And um, that that idea of of creating your own dungeon you know, didn't really exist in a way a lot for me, at least not not any games. I mean, there's some games that have uh, different types of tile lane things where things fit together, but you know, not, not in terms of uh, building a dungeon or building a house or something. And so, uh, you know, I went with the, initially the theme of building a mansion, like you want to build this giant, crazy mansion. And, uh, you have all these different rooms. Um, my wife was very upset because, uh, originally in the game, um, well, actually, in, in the final version, there's there's like one bathroom in the entire thing, you know, it's like and only one person gets it in, in castles, which is, yeah. is unfortunate, I guess. But she's like, you know, this is a little unrealistic for a mansion because a mansion's going to, you know, they say how many bedrooms and bathrooms does, mm-hmm. does it have? That's a selling thing, you know, and a mansion's going to have seven bathrooms and 10 bedrooms. And well, yes, they're necessary, but it's not very much fun to make a bunch of bathrooms in your mansion. It's much more exciting to have your indoor pool and your game room and all the other fun mansion and things. Um, and so I kind of had to to jump out of that that level of of accuracy and kind of go to something a little more more fun uh, with it. And uh, when we moved over to the Ludwig theme, you know, we figured, you know, what would be awesome is Ludwig because he designed all these awesome, amazing castles for real. And a lot of them had rooms that just don't make sense. Like, you really should have these in a castle, let alone a palace or anything like that. And uh, that helped a lot with that theme and it helped kind of make it a little more believable that you're creating something here that is it is it's hard to justify nobody would build these things nobody in the right mind would build these things which is you know we have it's mad king ludwig of course um and uh, that that helped a lot but it's a lot of fun to see that those things all you know built together and again it kind of harkens back to that whole you know building your own you know drawing your own dungeon uh, the very first thing that I did when I got my my very first pre-production box, basically you get, you get a copy as a publisher of a box that's about to go to press, and the publisher and the uh, production facility says, you know, check this, make sure everything's in there, all the punch boards are right, all the cards are right, all that stuff. So I went through, I did all the I did all the work I had to do. It was okay. I'm like, hey, thumbs up, go run with it. And I still had the copies. The first thing I did is I went and we had a really big coffee table with nothing on it, and I put all the pieces down and I built a big giant castle. Yeah. There's nothing in the game that says to do that. But for me, I was so excited that I had these real pieces with the real art and I could actually connect the doors and make a giant big castle out of it. And so, you know, little things like that for me, that, that's pretty exciting. So I, I like that sort of feeling of being able to create things. Uh, it had nothing to do with the actual gameplay. And I wish there was a way to make that work that way, but probably take too long. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so tell me about the process of this game coming together. Tell me what worked. Tell me what didn't work, what got cut, that kind of stuff. 
you know, uh, like I said, uh, we wait to take out all the bathrooms. Um, you know, that was kind of sad, <laughs> right. uh, certainly during the process. Um, the 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 original setup, because it was more of a mansion, it did had less of the odd shaped rooms. There weren't L shaped rooms or um, kind of the round rooms that are in now. And so those got added later in the process, and they added quite a bit. The theme, like I said, uh, did did a lot for it. Once we added a theme in there, we were able to make to make a lot of more more interesting decisions. You know, added on to the basic gameplay of of drafting tiles. I think one of the hardest things for that game was that actually. Um, the, the pricing model and how to make that work uh, for the tiles. So, you know, uh, you know, we had done the thing with Suburbia where it's kind of a, a, a chain where they all come down the road and they get cheaper over time. And, you know, a few other, excuse me, a few other games have had that, like Through the Ages has that. A few other games will have that sort of a model um, that, that the new stuff is expensive and the older, longer it's out there, the cheaper it gets. Uh, but for Castles, um, I was more inspired by the game Goa, if you've ever played that. It's a Red Dorn game that is just a, a fantastic bidding game where, you know, one player will basically, um, you know, turn up a, a tile for for auction and the other players uh, basically go around. They each have one chance to to bid for it. And the player with the highest bid can either give that you know, money to it or the person who has the tile goes, you know what, uh, I will actually pay more directly to the bank for that tile. And uh, it was that sort of um, auction that kind of inspired what ended up being in Castles of Mad King Ludwig, uh, which is, you know, everyone has a, you kind of have a chance to do this, but uh, you needed to get it to the right set. And it, it, it's a little more, obviously, you're, you're, there's several things you're putting up for auction at that point, uh, but everyone else gets to buy them first. And that's, that's that key. It's kind of a, uh, in a way, uh, I split you choose sort of thing, but a little different because you're putting them up there. And you're saying, you know what, this is this is worth this, 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 this. And of course, in the back of your mind, you're hoping that one of those lower price things are going to be available for you to buy. But you don't want to make it so tempting that someone else is going to take it before you or they're going to notice that you want it and take it just out of spite, you know, because they can and they don't need anything else anyway. Um, so that the auction mechanism, once that got put into place, I think that really made the game click quite a bit. Yeah, what are some things that people should be aware of in the design process for one of these tile placement kind of games that, that you would give them advice on as far as like how the tiles come together? You talked about how you know now you've got these big round rooms, and so that kind of changes the dynamics of things. But what would you tell people who were working on a game like this? Um, so, you know, for all the tile games I've I've ever worked on, um, you know, they they actually there's a spreadsheet component to them, which is it's not very sexy or exciting, but there's a spreadsheet component to them, which is both the their size, you know, the space to take up, how they connect to each other, as well as what the elements of them are, you know, to make them balanced. Um, if you look through the castles one in particular, you'll see uh, it's pretty amazing that um, they are all like you could actually organize them, organize them by their benefits, the, the different things that they do, and kind of stack. You'll see that oh, look, there's one of each of these, one of each of these. Um, you don't notice that because the castles form a little more organically, but that's actually really important to balance, and that saves you a lot of work on the back end when you're trying to balance the game later. When someone goes, "Wait, this tile's too powerful," well, if you've started that way with a spreadsheet and thinking about like how these things interact with the other tiles, uh, you don't usually have that problem. And so, uh, for for palace, for castles, both of those um, as uh, you know, once some of the, the core placement aspects of the game were in place, there was a spreadsheet there that actually maintained all the different rooms, all their values. And if anything was tweaked, basically, I would look to see what else that was going to impact and make sure that 
uh, suddenly, okay, well, that was too powerful. We've 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 nerfed it, but now as a result of that, these other three tiles are more powerful. That's a problem. So I was able to do that right away, as opposed to just nerfing that testing. Oh, it's better, but now these are broke. I have to go back and fix that. So I could do that all at one time, kind of. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Any closing thoughts or advice for these types of games? Um, you know, it, like I, I, you know, it, people. People don't don't appreciate this who haven't designed games uh, that much, but the playtesting aspect is so important. Yeah. Uh, you cannot you cannot playtest too much, as far as I'm concerned. Um, if you're playtesting and you're getting absolutely nothing out of it, if people are at that point satisfied, or if you you're not hearing anything new that that can be changed, uh, then you're probably done. But up until that point, continue to playtest because uh, you know Suburbia has playtested probably three four hundred times, um, Castles. Probably more, um, you know, those uh, one night about 800 times or something, you know, that's just what happens. It's just a lot of time is spent playtesting. More time than any other aspect is sitting there, both your, you know, as you as part of the playtesters or other people playtesting. And uh, the more that you do that, um, the better the game is. Uh, Whistle Stop from Scott Caputo that we published, another tile lane game. Uh, I can't even count. That was in development for like four years, but oh my God, it's such a good game now. And because we went through all those iterations and we kept on just the little nudges here and there until we got it to this kind of fine-tuned um, machine that it is right now. Yeah, definitely. Awesome, Ted. Really appreciate you coming on the show and, and good luck with everything you got going on right now. Thank you very much. It was great.